0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another exciting, fun, brilliant episode of the Jerick Show. I am Javad Malik, and alongside me, unfortunately, as always, is my cohort, Mr. Eric Krohn. Oh my God, that's
1: well. Good morning, (laughs) Javad.
0: You know, if if they made a remake of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you would be the the child catcher. (laughs) That's that's what you remind me of. You just need a bigger nose flat put on so you can sniff them out.
1: Uh, Oh, man. You're you're an evil man, evil man. Yeah. Speaking of evil, um, how about we get on with the show, right? People don't want to hear our banter.
0: Speaking of evil, let's start with Oracle.
1: (laughs) Yes, let's. Uh, So, yeah, we saw the word the other day that Oracle is buying TikTok or, or partnering with TikTok, right? What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's, it's, I'm not entirely sure what that deal actually means at the moment. It's, it's still up in the air. I don't think anything's been officially agreed, but uh, Oracle beat out Microsoft and, and others to be the official tech partner, I think is the term I, I heard, of um, TikTok in the U.S., and uh, I think initially it's like what they're doing, but then I took a step back and I thought, well, you know, China actually already mandates that any foreign company wanting to do business within China, a uh, cloud provider, whatever, they have to partner with a local approved uh, provider. So Microsoft, Apple, all the big names, whoever name it. When they operate in China, they have to go, they partner with someone locally and then they deliver the services. So it's an an approved data center. I think when you look in Europe after GDPR, uh, us Europeans were all like, you can't take our European citizen data, you you, you know, unless you meet like 5,000 clauses. Uh, So they're like, okay, let's build local data centers within the European Union and we can keep all European citizen data there. So in that regard, I don't see what the US is doing as any different from those kinds of regulations. Okay, the, the implementation is 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 where there's no overarching regulation that's doing it. Uh, but when you look at it in principle, it's probably exactly the same as what they're doing. They're saying, hey, this is US citizen data. We don't want it going into foreign territories where we don't know how they're gonna use it or take care of it. So partner with a local trusted provider and they can hold and process the data in country, that that's how I'm understanding it. So, so I think when you when you strip away the sensationalism, I think okay, maybe, maybe the US will or, or can put in place a blanket policy and apply that to a lot more 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 tech of any any foreign tech company that's looking to uh, harvest any US citizen data. Uh, what was your take on it, Eric? Um, have I got it right or wrong?
1: no I, I i see what you're saying there and you know i don't disagree with any of it i i did think it was an interesting partnership right so i'm trying to figure out like what does oracle have to do with TikTok? like are they going to introduce some really convoluted licensing crap to go behind it now just to confuse people i mean you know this is the oracle TikTok. uh you know i could almost even see the microsoft one when microsoft was trying to get them because now they can push product on there or whatever, you know, they can push ads between things. They can do whatever where you could, you know, maybe just one click buy from there, from uh, from Walmart, right? So I can almost see that. Uh, Microsoft, yeah, who knows, um, sort of the same thing. A- and I get it. You know, the thing about TikTok is, <clears throat> I don't think this really would have been such a big deal if the app hadn't been doing some kind of sketchy crap to begin with, right? Like. Um, you know, with the new iOS popping up and showing how many times it was hitting the clipboard and doing some just weird stuff like that. Exactly
0: the same amount of times as LinkedIn was doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing, you know, TikTok, uh, it happened once before that they were called out for that and they said, no, no, we fixed it now. And then boom, it turned out that they didn't fix it, you know? And so I think that kind of spun up a lot of of stuff. I don't know that it's really as big a deal as a lot of people think, at, at least not on a personal level. So, like, me and you, whatever, it's really not that big a deal. Now, where it does get to be an interesting issue is, say, for example, our military folks that are running around doing TikToks when they're deployed somewhere, stuff like this, and it's grabbing all the data. You know, it's, it's not much worse than people who don't turn off geotagging on their pictures and then drop it on, you know, social. It's not really that much worse. The key is, though, it is a Chinese Chinese company, like it is from China. And, and although they say, oh no, we have nothing to do with the Chinese government, you know, it's kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod. We know that the pressure that they can put on them for things is pretty significant. So there are some times where that could be a concern. But again, I think for most of the the typical usual population, it's not the end of the world, um, you know, but there was this big flare up. And of course, you know, our, our president, got involved and, and made deals out of it and was going to ban it. And so it drove to this kind of interesting partnership. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because as a tech partner, my understanding is they aren't buying it lock, stock, and barrel, um, which is kind of what it was sounding like in the beginning uh, that they were selling to Oracle or they were selling to Walmart. So now they've made a partnership and I have to wonder how much that is going to, uh, impact the the heat that they've gotten and the potential ban uh, just by partnering with them so we'll see what happens
0: it's a weird one it's a weird one and and I think you're right it's a lot of things comes down to personal risk models and the military should not be doing a lot of things that they do anyway so I think any social media network is is dangerous for active military or undercover agents or whoever to 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 work on. I mean, similarly, they they banned the use of DJI drones in in the military. I believe in the U.S. military at least, because they were sending lots of uh, geotagging um, information back. Um, but also, if you remember, like uh, a year last year was it when Strava had a breach, or or maybe Strava published a lot of data uh, from the, the the running bands, yeah. the fitness trackers, yep. and <laughs> you had people like. Oh, they're running in the desert. There's absolutely nothing there. They run for a bit, wh- and then mm. there's nothing. And then mm. half a mile later, they reemerge. <laughs> but, mm, maybe that's a secret base over there. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, You know, and and so coming out of DOD um, and, and having worked there for about ten years, um, you know, with the army side of things. There are certain things that, you know, with operational security or OPSEC that you have to be careful of that, you know, the average Joe doesn't necessarily think of really doesn't impact the average Joe, you know, like um, there's been times where they said that uh, um, they were able to tell that some sort of mission was going to be going on because a lot of pizzas were being delivered to a place, um, you know, in the evening time sort of deal and and cars parked in parking lots um, and times that are abnormal in certain places, can indicate that something's going on. So there's all kinds of things that you you don't really think about out on the outside that can tip people off to that. Um, and you know, this is just another one of those things when they're when they're doing TikToks out here, and you know, that stuff's getting out there. You know, yeah, that could that could be a concern. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, speaking, anyways.
0: Speaking of OSINT, there was some some not too long ago. I saw someone post this thread on Twitter where there was a photo taken, and just based on the, the, the height of the trees and the shadow they cast, and the, they, they mapped it to, to the maps and satellite images, they were able to pinpoint this was taken sometime in this month during the year, at this time, and if you see now, and, and it was so clever. It was just just a normal photo that you think has got no identifying traits whatsoever. They were able to pinpoint quite accurately where it was in the world. So yeah, um, there, there's no. a lot of clever stuff that people can
1: do. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's even a push um for people to, uh, like, take pictures of hotel rooms, okay? And it seems kind of weird, right? But they're using some of this information, like the, the carpet and things like that, to help go after uh, people who exploit children, right? So, like, sexual exploitation of children. So they can match that. To possibly a database to go. Oh, hey, here's here's the same carpet we're seeing. It's this chain of hotels or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so there's there's a lot of information that that goes into stuff like that, and it's interesting how uh, that can be used to to track certain things. So, absolutely.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll try to find the link. Europol has a website uh, with uh, you, you spoke about miss, uh, missing children or abused children. Where they post uh, redacted photos, but they have certain elements in it where they ask people to try and identify, like, right. do you know which country this plug socket is used in, or do you know where this uh, this uh, t-shirt design might be sold, or something like that. And and members of the public can just submit, say, hey, I've seen that being sold here, or that looks like this building, or what have you, and you can actually help in finding um, missing children.
1: Um, That's awesome. I love that.
0: So I'll, I'll, I'll find a link and I'll, and I'll put it in, in the notes below. Awesome, but, um, so
1: the next story I think you have has a
0: little deadly twist to it, right? So we're about yes. to get serious, aren't we? Exactly, yeah, something a bit more cheery than child exploitation. Um, Woman dies during ransomware attack on a German hospital. Uh, okay, the, the headline is just to, to hook you in a bit. Um, it, they didn't die directly as a result. so the hospital got infected with ransomware. Um, a lady went there with some to A and E to and told look our systems are down. go to the next hospital which was about 20 miles away and unfortunately because of that that uh, journey and the time it took to get there she, she died. So um, they're, they're considering this as a death directly related to ransomware which okay. I, I can see how you do get there. Um, apparently, according to the news report, the hospital wasn't the target; it was a nearby university. I think um, uh, I can't. I'm trying to read this at the same time as talking. And you know, I can't do two things at the same time. But well,
1: that, uh, that's a big oopsie, right? Oh, we were going after a college and ended up uh, killing someone at the hospital.
0: Yeah, because the, the ransomware note was actually. Uh, uh, it was made out to the university. It wasn't to the hospital. And then, when authorities or whoever responded to the hackers and said, "Hey, you've hit a hospital," they actually uh, decrypted the, the the data. They they removed the the, the ransomware, but it was uh, a bit too late by then. Um, German authorities are still investigating, and this part where it gets really interesting. If uh, her diversion to another hospital is is found to be responsible for her death, police may treat the cyber attack as homicide. Would you treat it as homicide, Eric?
1: You know, that's tough. There would be a whole lot of things that are involved in that. You know, Um, was the person too far gone anyways? And, you know, the extra drive. There's a lot of things that would have to be unpacked uh, to do that. But I do think it's interesting. And and if you remember um, earlier this year when COVID first hit, a bunch of the ransomware groups came up and they said, "Oh, we're not going to attack hospitals, and if we do, we'll, we'll, you know, decrypt for free or whatever." Which is what it sounds like may have happened in this case, but it doesn't stop accidents like this from happening, you know. And it's been bad enough with hospitals and healthcare that um, the U.S. Red Cross and uh, one of the other groups—I think it was like the the Cyber Peace Institute or something like that—issued a statement earlier this year uh, that kind of went please stop. They were pleading with these ransomware groups to please stop hitting medical facilities. It was at that point already. So it's not surprising. It's unfortunate, but not surprising to see that this led to the death of somebody. Um, It it was honestly just a matter of time. When you take out medical facilities, this sort of thing is going to happen. That's
0: right. That's right. So it's, um it's interesting to see how, how this will progress. I think you know, homicide is probably a bit far. Manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, is probably like what we're looking at. But um, part of me is also, uh, yes, they should come down hard on some some individuals responsible for these attacks. Maybe that will start deterring your, your casual attacker because at the moment there's absolutely no deterrent. But I think also you want to be careful where you don't start introducing some legislation or law that. Ends up persecuting people very harshly for something that isn't uh, warranting of it.
1: Yeah, that's always that that you know razor's edge that you got to walk when it comes to legislation and, and laws around this sort of thing. Um, you know, but very much you know when I do my ransomware presentation, one of the first slides I have is is the you know this is fine with the burning background and all that with the dog, right? Um, and, and I put that up there because that that actually describes kind of the ransomware situation right now where we're all just like, oh, look, it's ransomware, right? It's become such a norm. And we don't necessarily come down hard on these folks. We aren't really, you don't see stories of people getting busted for this sort of thing, really. Um, we just kind of go, yay, I defended against it. Yay, I, I defended against it. But that's all we're actually being able to do at this point. We're not able to really take them down very much and it's unfortunate but when you start tying it to something like this like physical deaths that will increase um the focus on this right and and it will take it to the next level where it's it's no longer an inconvenience albeit a significant one but it's causing people to die um so that will rally some folks around that uh and see it unfortunate that it happened absolutely uh you know, you bring up a good point about whether it's manslaughter or murder, you know, and that comes down to, at least in some countries, I don't know about yours, but, you know, it comes down to intent, it comes down to were they blatantly, you know, whatever, was it a mistake, all that kind of good stuff. So there, there's some pretty interesting legal precedent that could happen to that. And then that could transfer over to anything in the future that could be a, you know, a cyber to um, physical or, you know, cyber to kinetic sorts of attacks in the future too and, and how that all ties together so there's a lot of area there in the law
0: there is there is indeed yeah so uh, so just going back while you were talking there i found the the Europol website that we were mentioning before um this is uh this is it it's um europol, uh, dot Europa dot eu slash stop child abuse um and this is like trace an object so what it does is you can see there's there's nothing in there but they'll they'll have photos like this and say do you recognize the logo on that t-shirt you can you can go into it and so if you recognize it then there's a send information and you can tweet about it and and what have you so so this is all, all all the things and you know do you recognize those products and i'm sure like i i i mean i'll try to go on the website once a month or something and just have a look around um, There's nothing actually that I've ever recognized on it, but I think you know you just never know. So I'll encourage people to to go on there, try and identify, an object. if you do, then then do do use the report functionality on there, and just even if it's just a guess, it, or you think it looks like something. I'm sure it's all useful information.
1: And, and you know what? Uh, given the subject matter here, I do want to give a shout out to ILF, the Innocent Lives Foundation, that they actually have people that go out and try to unmask. These folks that are uh, that are doing predatory actions against kids, um, you know, and, and they use OSINT skills, they use social engineering skills, they use all this kind of stuff. Um, not as vigilantes, they get you know, law enforcement comes to them and says, "Hey, can you help us figure out who this person is that's trying to hide?" And I'm sure they use many of the same tactics and techniques and things like that with that too. So, um, I think yeah, ILF is is an outstanding organization if you want to support anybody. Because this is what they do too Unmask Anonymous Online Child Predators. So I love that, you know, that we're covering a lot of stuff like this. And this is kind of headed up by Chris Hadnagy, just an awesome, awesome guy. And then uh, Shane is uh, is one of the uh, leadership in there, and and he's an awesome person as well. So kudos to them for what they're doing, um, you know, trying to help this as well
0: absolutely absolutely i I think it's it's great to have all these skills that people in our industry have and show it uh, as theoretical vulnerabilities or doing it as a prank or something but there are some real life applications to this and i think the more people that get involved in things like this you know we, we can help do our little part to make the world a better place
1: yep outstanding i mean there there are things as technical people we can do there are organizations that help um uh, like sever ties and abusive relationships to help, you know, wipe phones, get tracking software off there. There's all kinds of stuff we can do in communities to do this. Um, you know, for anyone watching this, if you have some stuff you want to plug, please put it in the comments down here. We'd love to see some stuff like that. Or if you're looking for more information, um, reach out to us and we'll try to put you in, in touch with somebody. But, uh, no, this is, this is stuff that we can do for better using our skills.
0: Yeah. Cool. And, and if you work for one of those organizations, you want to come on here as a guest, we'd be more than welcome to uh, to have you on and let you talk through what you do, how you do it, and how more people can get involved. Absolutely. And and also, if anything to get Eric off the screen and someone else on there, I would more than welcome.
1: <laughs> you know, one of these days, I'm going to get our login here where I control who's on the screen at what time. And then it's.
0: Oh, sorry, we seem to have some technical difficulty and I've lost Eric Crone. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us this week. It's been wonderful to have you. A bit more serious episode this week than normal, but, uh, you know, it's great to have you all and I hope you find this useful. Uh, As Eric said, comments below are open. Uh, Abuse to him, praise to me. And uh, see you next week. Bye.